Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 51. And today I'm joined by Mrs. Kavita M. Prakash. Kavita, how are you? I'm great. Mm -hmm. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Wonderful. And Kavita is based in India. What city are you joining us from this evening? Um, okay, I stay down south in Karnataka state. Okay. My city is called Mysore, which is the cultural capital of my state. Mysore, perfect. And Kamata yes. has made an enormous versatile transition or multiple transitions actually in her life um, from being a housewife, a content housewife at that, to a freelance corporate trainer. And then as different circumstances unfolded over the past 14 years, She's managed to get herself involved in a lot of different organizations in UNICEF, um, working as an educational consultant for the World Book International in the U.S. And um, it says here she's also got a master's degree in mathematics and English. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, what haven't you done? My goodness, your bio is, is it's such a dynamic bio here. So you started off uh, as, as a student with your children as the secretary of Chinmaya Mission Balavihar, a life skills and culture platform for children. And then you moved on to become a soft skills trainer, working for com with companies like Infosys. These are the big companies, like AccuCenture and LNP and Ernst & Young and Grit and Nestle, ATS, etc doing administrative training for them and various uh, services around business for them. And then you also mention here that you believe every human being is a channel for divine healing energy. So as a result, you are a yoga, prana, vidya, pranic healer. Yes. Helping people to heal physically, mentally, and emotionally. Okay. And you're also on the panel of trainers of Institute of Chartered Accountants of India's chapter and you've been trained at the British Council. So you train people in communicative English and vocabulary skills, which is uh, obviously a very big need and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of different things that you've been doing. So you have gone from, as you say, a content housewife to now running your own business. So welcome, Capital. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me over. Yeah. And I love your motto. Hashtag be inspired always. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Probably that's what keeps me going. I know. I was about to say, is it difficult? Is it difficult to be inspired always? Can you be inspired sometimes? Does it have to be always? Uh, yeah, you can be inspired always. Yeah. How, how, can, how, how does that work? How does one become inspired all the time? Even on the low um, days, on the days when you just don't feel like it. Um, yeah, of course. There will be low days, but not many actually, because you get back onto being inspired. Yeah. When you decide that's your motto and you discover that there's a lot more joy. Yeah. I think it keeps you going. Yeah. And, and the best part is I keep meeting people all the time. Yeah, definitely. And keep you yes. But you realize it's just a moment, it's just a period. And it's important to recognize that the brain is just having that period. It's not forever. So you kind of have to ride that wave and take a deep breath and it passes and then you move on. It's not forever. And then you just, like you said, you, you, find, you find the tools to keep yourself inspired, don't you? Everyone's got to find their own tools. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, I think when inspiration is from within, um, you yeah. know, nothing can put you down. Mm, that's such a good point. I haven't thought of it in that way, but you're right. When you're fueled by something bigger than yourself, you, you kind of just find, find your way, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Life is definitely bigger than just a small you know, mortal like me. I know. I know. And it's important for us to remember that. <laughs> we are mere mortals in a, in, <laughs> in a big picture. But Tabitha, you have a very interesting story. So you started off, you were a housewife. I, I love how you describe yourself as a content housewife. As if you're telling us, you know, I was very happy. It wasn't like I was searching for anything. And then you, how did you go from there to what you're doing now? Was, did, was it at a point where your children grew up and you wanted to do to shift uh, more into yourself? Or was it you were given an opportunity? How did that transition happen? Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, well, when I was in college, uh, 
I used to try at all the opportunities that I got. I used to participate in everything and win a lot of medals and trophies for my college. Mm. So that was me back then. And then I got married and totally got involved into my uh, you know, family life uh, for almost about um, like 12 years. And then uh, mostly we were not uh, brought up to think about, uh, you know, a career uh, for a woman mm. back then when I was studying. I just wanted to study and study and study. That was about it. More academically oriented. Mm. And um, like when I got married, I just kept hooked on to my reading habit. That was the only thing that I did very sincerely. Uh, and uh, my home was a very close-knit family, mm. uh, just about 20 people. So it was a university of learning for me mm. on how to tackle with different people. So that was one thing. And then, um, well, uh, besides being a housewife, I was also looking at a lot of uh, things for my own uh, son. And uh, you know, that's how I happened to chance upon a lot of people and uh, try out different things. Yeah. And uh, basically, I had a flair for language and the vocabulary. Yeah, and math. And reading. Okay. Math, <laughs> yes. Math had kind of taken a backseat by then. Mm. Uh, the only math that I was uh, doing at that time was measuring the cup of milk or whatever into my recipe. <laughs> right. Or right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> handing over change to the taxi that I hopped on. Yeah. It was as simple That's as fun. that. Yeah. Uh, it was none of the maths that I did my with uh, did in my master's degree. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, life takes over you, and uh, things just happen. And I wanted a lot of things uh, for my child, the very next generation. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, I come from a family which is very culturally grounded. Right. And uh, I was associated with the Chinmaya mission, which has so much to do with the Bhagavad Gita right. and the way of life, mm-hmm. the Gita way of life. And for those who don't so, know, the Bhagavad Gita is one of the holy texts, Indian holy texts, Hindu texts. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it a holy text, actually. No? Uh, it is a life manual. A life manual. Okay. That's yes. Way of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because really, okay. I remember I took a I took a class in uni um, on Eastern religions, and I remember we read, we were exposed to Ramayana and Bhagavad Gita. So I've always mm-hmm. kind of seen them as, I guess, sacred texts. But you're right. I guess one could see it as as a life text. Yes. Mm. Uh, because then, uh, you know, I was very impressed and influenced by the lectures that I attended about uh, the Bhagavad Gita. Mm. And uh, I think that's still with me. Mm. And that's what I wanted to give to my son. And so I started, um, you know, teaching him shlokas from that, hymns from that. Um, So they are just, you know, uh, four liners which carry life's messages. They're simply awesome. It's just a conversation that, you know, Krishna has. So you get answers to a lot of questions that you have yourself. So that's what, that's what it was about. Mm. And um, then one happened leading to another. Somebody met me and asked me over if I could, you know, if if I would be interested in uh, becoming a soft skills trainer. And that's how I got into corporate training. And uh, well, before that, uh, yes, I had worked as a freelancer for UNICEF as well. Um, I was... uh, actually part of their fundraising projects with corporates, uh, mostly marketing their uh, merchandise, which was uh, greeting cards. And uh, a little later, they shut down because they took to the corporates directly and uh, they sponsored their program programs through the corporates. But then it was a great learning experience. And another experience with uh, World Book International, they... Uh, they sell uh, encyclopedias. So it was a great learning from the training. And that's how I started off thinking, uh, you know, on my own. Uh, because I had to be a consultant. I would meet different people to, you know, to sell those encyclopedias. Mm. And I met children 
and I met parents, I had to impress, I had to sell them. And uh, gradually I began to acquire those sets myself. And, you know, right. So everything went on parallelly. There was no defining moment or there was nothing like I got a job and I celebrate it and I'm on the payroll of a company. There was nothing like that which happened with me. Mm. Right, right. So a series of events occurred and life took its course or as we can say you made choices which is the topic uh for discussion today choices choices such a big topic so tell us about choices why choices why are choices so important uh yes uh first of all uh uh, you see my hashtag be Mm -hmm. inspired always which is my motto Mm -hmm. That in itself is a choice of the mindset that I'm going to have or the attitude that I'm going to carry the entire day. Right. Right. So the moment I wake up, I make a choice to make my day very happy and productive. Yeah. So, and then um, when you have a situation in front of you, uh, well, now there are many, many factors, uh, through which you can enforce your choice, right? One could be, is it the right thing to do? Mm. Or is it the fair thing to do? Mm. Right thing to do because uh, it, it makes you happy. Uh, or is it a fair thing to do because does it make all the people around you happy? Right. So, yeah. So we keep making those choices at every step, every situation, every moment. And I think we need to exercise, um, you know, sometimes you exercise a lot of thought. Sometimes you just make a quick choice. And uh, I think that's what I like about myself. Many a times I take quick decisions uh, and that's what has helped me. Right. So life is about a series of choices. Choices, the choice to react or not react, the, how you yes. react. Um, the choice to do or not to do, the, it's, just, it's just a series of choices, isn't it? Life is about choices. But Absolutely. Why is it that so many people continuously make the wrong choices over and over and over again? Uh, okay, I should say wrong is a relative word. Mm. How would you know that it's wrong or right unless you have faced the consequences? You wouldn't. That's true. That's such an interesting way of looking at it. But I'm, I'm yeah. saying wrong because in hindsight or in retrospect, after it's happened, then we realize this was the wrong choice because of the outcome. But how would we know? I guess um, based on life experience or based on our intuition or our values. No? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I think your values could be a deciding factor because like I told you, um, is it right or is it fair? Uh, That's to do with values. And uh, sometimes you have to take it up because it's right, because it's making you happy. Sometimes you take it up because it's fair, because it makes everyone around you also happy. So Mm. that's what it is. Interesting. And what, what exactly, okay. So going back to the question, um, someone is making these choices, they're using their values, they're using whatever tools they have in their arsenal, but somehow mm-hmm. in, in the end, they realize, okay, this wasn't a good choice, but it seems to be happening over and over and over again. What, what then, what does this person have to do? Or who does this, does this person have to become something? Do they have to change? Okay. That's a very interesting question. Mm. Uh, well, I believe that, uh, you know, if you have good intentions and that's the thought you project into the universe, I think the good things will come back in search of you. So Mm. the thoughts that you generate Mm. will come back multiple times. And uh, that's what has happened with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, when I look back in retrospect, um, I never knew things were happening. But after I reached a certain milestone, so to say, yeah. uh, when I looked back, I thought, okay, so this happened because of the choice I made at that juncture. Mm. So many a times I didn't even know that I was making a choice. Mm. So 
uh, well, if it is something very concrete, like, you know, if you have uh, to choose between two physical or materialistic things, mm -hmm. then that's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think you just have to generate good thoughts and mm. uh, things will follow. That's what I feel. Mm. So you think whatever you put out there, you're going to get back? Absolutely. Mm. And if you're constantly putting out, if you're constantly choosing to have negative thoughts, and if you're choosing to react in a negative way, do you, yeah. you then believe that that's, that is exactly what you're going to get back in the end, in terms of the outcome? Absolutely. Absolutely. What goes around comes around, striking mm. back at and is this based on science, factual information, or is this based on, on just experience and things you've seen? Uh, I think it's based on the universal laws. Yeah, yeah. It's beyond science. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, actually, I'm a practitioner of uh, yoga pranavidya as well. Yes. So we work on uh, people's energy bodies, mm. right? Yeah. So each person has an aura around him or her. And then we have energy centers, which are called, which are called chakras. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes. So this is the premise. And, um, you know, it, it's such a wonderful tool uh, that Master has, give, has given us. You can cleanse the aura of a person and energize it with good energy. Mm. Mm -hmm. So if there's any negativity in the person's aura, you can just cleanse it with certain, uh, you know, uh, intending certain color frequencies. Mm. Right. So actually this helped me a lot to cleanse me of a lot of baggage that I carried back then. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Is, and, that something, uh, is that something in terms of, because I think a lot of, you know, this podcast is, it's, it's women centered, particularly women entrepreneurs in, in the early stages of business, how, you know, you decide to start a business and you're making all of these choices, what have you, whatever, but we all come with our baggage. And I don't think we always realize how much our personal baggage then kind of seeps into our professional lives and it, and it affects the way we do business. So would yes. you like to, you don't have to go into detail about your own challenges, but would you like to sort of mention how you were able to, to clear out your, your negativity and really, I guess, start fresh again and start new again? Because for some people, it's very difficult, you know, when you, yes. if you've been wronged or you've been hurt and you hold on to that resentment. And we know illogically it's wrong to hold on to it. And we know it's, it's, it's not only scientifically proven, but it's, it's, it's just bad for your health, right? But sometimes very true. it's very hard to do. So would you like to share with us how you were able to, to let go of some of that in your own life? Yeah, sure, sure. Because uh, I think that's what helped me to move forward. Mm -hmm. That's also one of the choices I made for myself. Mm -hmm. um, right back then, uh, for some time, I was also wailing in uh, self-pity. Mm. And, uh, you know, and it was actually holding me down for a long, long time. Uh, there were so many things that I wanted to explore and I always wanted to do something, but I don't know what was holding me back. I thought it was the people around me, but actually it was myself. Mm -hmm. So sometime, I don't know what moment I realized it. And then I said, no, how can I be so unfair to myself? Um, I think I have the freedom to choose how to live my life. Mm. And then probably with that decision, a lot of things started flowing towards me. A lot of good things flow, started flowing towards me. Mm. And um, yeah, that's how mm. it was. <laughs> mm, interesting. Okay. All right. So you clear out all these, these negative things out of your life with this work that you do. And then you're then allowed to have a clear mind to make better choices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And um, uh, see, you can have three things in your life. Um, you know, a profession that can get you money mm. or, uh, you know, something that you do, a hobby that shows out your creativity. Mm. And uh, there's something else which keeps you happy. Right. So what if all these three things 
come together at once to you through your profession. So that's what happened to me, I should say. Um, so being a trainer, I keep meeting people, young people with brilliant ideas. And uh, I just derive the energy from them when I stand, uh, you know, on the ground, delivering my sessions. And then uh, over there, I have a lot of scope for, you know, letting out my creativity. I try out a lot of things. I don't care if it's going to glow flat or it's going to be, you know, uh, a success. But I just keep trying things. And midway, if I feel it's not going good, I always change my uh, flow. So I think the flexibility part is also very important. Yeah, being flexible. Yes. Why do you, uh, why do you think it's so hard for some people to let go? Okay, because they don't understand the benefits of letting go very well. Mm. So I think once we understand the relief or the freedom that you get because you've let go or you've forgot, forgiven people, I think it becomes a lot more easier to do that. Yeah, definitely. You know, yes. again, even that's also a choice. So you have to consciously make that choice. Yeah. You know, and we're making choices every day, all day. Mm -hmm. You know, we make choices every day. Every minute we're making a choice. We're, we're yes. constantly making choices about our life. And I came across this concept recently called decision fatigue. <laughs> it's when you're, <laughs> you're constantly making choices and decisions all the time, all the time, all the time, to a point where you become fatigued and you just, you just give up. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I didn't think of it in that way because we are always making choices, but I didn't think there was something called decision fatigue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to relate uh, something here. Yeah. Uh, for quite some time, my mom was hospitalized. Mm. And then in, uh, you know, we, we used to change hospitals about three or four. Yeah. And in one particular hospital, I found that the nurses there had, you know, um, got into a kind of syndrome called compassion fatigue. Ah. <laughs> right? And they yeah. were not able to be genuinely compassionate at all. Mm. So the idea that I had about a nurse being a noble profession and all that, it just got shattered. Yeah. And then uh, I gave it a thought and then, uh, you know, I somehow felt they probably haven't uh, realized the purpose of their profession. Mm. They're just doing it for money or, you know, some materialistic end. Yeah. And, or they just needed uh, yeah. to select a career, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think you have to be conscious, at least a little bit, uh, that you know, you are definitely adding a lot to the universe, which is positive. Yeah. yeah. And we are. And I think then you will not be fatty. Yes, we are. We definitely are. Yeah, we are. We are constantly adding things to our world, but we don't, we don't realize. And I think it's just because of um, the way many of us are brought up. We're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not, true, you know, true. It's our upbringing, you know. Some, you meet some people who are so well-adjusted and, they're so good at thinking things through and they, they seem so good at just making choices that, that make them happy. And then you find some people yes, that yes. just... I'm right now talking to one such person. Ah, that's very kind. <laughs> but one never knows, you know, I do crazy things sometimes. <laughs> How do you define crazy, Joe? Well, that's a whole other podcast. We could, we could do a podcast on my crazy decision. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. We'll do it. Then I'm going to interview you. <laughs> okay. That's a deal. That's a deal. We should definitely do that. But no, yeah, it, yeah. it's true. You know, it's like you meet some people and I, you know, I analyze and observe. You meet some people who <laughs> it's just, they just seem so well put together when it comes to their choices. Nothing ever seems to go wrong. Even though we know that's not the case, things do go wrong for everyone, but they just yes. seem to really just navigate this thing called life so well. And then you meet some other people who just cannot get it together. Like they just can't seem to get a grip on 
on life and they always seem to be struggling and they always seem to be fighting and everything is a challenge. And it's, it's just amazing how you, you can have two extremes in the world, you know, and it's just based on choices at the end of the day. Absolutely. 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 Um, right. Yeah. Uh, even I've come across a lot of people like that. Yeah. At one stage of my life, I think even uh, I didn't know what I was doing or where I was going. Uh, but it took me some time to get the clarity. To figure it um, out, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, well, the clarity that I got was not what I wanted to do. But the clarity that I got was not what I did not want to do. Mm. It was mostly about, um, you know, situations that I didn't want to be in or people with whom I didn't want to be with. So I had a lot of clarity with that. And I think that is also helpful. What do you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, yes. So. And sometimes I you need to have was... a bit, you have to need to have a bit of bad experiences to help you become clear about your own. Yes, yes, as well. absolutely. Because if everything is just, you know, seamless all the time, then you're not learning. We like failing because failing means we learn. So it's, it's, it's a good thing. But no, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah, so I think we should put ourselves in a lot of uh, situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, choices come from... Uncomfortable situations as well, I think. Yes, absolutely. So you have to start taking a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you should be ready to counter or face uh, changes. And that's how you discover how good you are at moving from your discomfort to a comfort zone. Yeah. But yeah. once you're in that comfort zone, then, then you know it's it things, you, you need to shake it up a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Otherwise, complacency sets in. And exactly. that's why you see, uh, I tried out a lot of different things, diverse things. Yeah. So that was one reason to shake myself up. I always needed that jolt. Yeah. And it came from things that excited me. Yeah. I also do a lot of adventure. Okay. So... You know, but there's also instances where an individual makes a poor choice, but they can still get a good outcome, even from a poor choice. It happens They're very sometimes. lucky people. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it, it's like a twist of fate, you know, it, it, yes. a strange turn of events. And you realize, wait a minute, okay, this didn't seem so right at the time, but it's worked out in my favor. So you, I think a lot of it, this choices like decision fatigue, for example, I think decision mm-hmm. fatigue may stem from being too controlling and trying to control too much of life. I think a big part of life is trusting that there's something bigger than you that's in place, whether you call it energy or life force or nature or God Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. I think when you, when you give up the idea that you are not in control, you kind of see things in a different way. Uh, Well, yeah, you are not in control unless you realize that you can be in control. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'll just share a small quote, which I'm very impressed with. Yes. Journey of life starts with a full bag of luck and an empty bag of experience. Mm. The goal is to fill the bag of experience before the bag of luck gets empty. Mm. Right. And then probably the people that you mentioned who made poor choices still things turned out to be good. Mm. I think came, were born with a very big bag of luck. Mm. Or maybe it's just their perspective, their mindset. They don't, they don't see everything. Because, you know, different people see things in different ways. There's some people who yeah. they, they, you put them in a situation and they just think this is the worst thing. And then you find somebody else, you put them in the same situation and, and they thrive. So it's, it's also the individual. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, true. It's, it's mostly to do with the individual's perception perception because your perception yes. your perception Absolutely. is what what you then use as your your reality it then becomes what you think whatever you think it is very true very mm-hmm. true right so i think that's what i said uh like the thought that you generate into the world or the universe uh, is what gets manifested mm. yeah so in terms of um women who are building businesses, our audience, women entrepreneurs, do you think that there's a separation between life 
and business, or do you think it's all of series of choices that are interconnected? Um, I think it's mostly interconnected because, yeah, though there are people who advise to draw that line between personal life and professional life, it's very hard to do. Mm. Uh, see, when you walk into your office, uh, it's not so easy to keep everything out of the door and then yeah. walk in with a fresh mind. It's not so easy to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's intertwined because, you know, sometimes we make the choices in professional life also, uh, which can be convenient to your personal life. That's what I was talking about. Uh, mm. yeah. Which is fair, right? Which is fair to all the people around you. And yeah. more so women tend to do that. Mm. Women yeah. tend to do that. Mm. Yes, yes. And why do you think that is? Why do you, uh, uh, you mean why women tend to do that more? Yes. Why do you think that that's the case? Uh, I think it's our DNA. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I think we are wired to think like that a little more compassionate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, let's not make any generalized statements. Yeah. Because I found, yes, men also are very compassionate. Absolutely. I think some of it is, like you said, how we're wired. But I think some of it is also just upbringing and environment. You know, if you're if you're a man yeah. and you were raised around women who. A lot of women, for example, you know, some families are female dominated and you find them to have, have their, 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 they have more sensitivities towards women. They tend to understand women more. They're, they have that empathy. And that's probably from being raised by a lot of women who nurtured them and really, and really taught them well. So that happens Absolutely. a lot. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I think, and, again, yes. So uh, it's basically our DNA to be a lot more compassionate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that those men who got raised amidst a lot of women are really lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, no, it's true. And I think, you know, going back to this this, this discussion about choices in life and business, I, I, how do you feel about um, work-life balance? I personally don't think there's anything called work-life balance when it, it, like in this day and age. I think you should strive for harmony. I think there's going to be some times where you're going to have to work a bit more. There's going to be times Absolutely. where you could have a bit more of your, on your personal life. I think it's more about having harmony and just when you're in one space, if you're working, give it your all. And then when you're with your family or your friends, you give it your all. I don't think there's a thing called balance. I don't think you can have balance. I don't think that exists, uh, yeah. especially, especially if you're building a business. What's your take very, on that? Very true. Yes, yes. I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right now, I'm talking to a person who's doing this podcast at midnight past <laughs> the working hours. Yeah. Right. Just because you just told me that, uh, you know, you enjoy doing it. And uh, I think that is what defines yeah. anybody's uh, happiness scale or index. Right. But this is also very entrepreneurial you know you just do things when you when you have to do them you know if 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 it can't be done at any other time and it's midnight then we just do midnight but that's a very entrepreneurial thing there's some people who would who would just just you know cringe at the idea of having to be up at midnight doing any work but like you said there's there's passion involved but I don't see this as um I'm out of balance you know because then there are days where I might just lay in my bed all day and read a book. <laughs> yes, yes. You know? We deserve all that. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me tell you one thing. Uh, yes. See, I may be cooking for the family for that one hour, but yeah. then I can't stop all the ideas that pop up in my mind about my business. Mm. Right? Mm. So I could be thinking parallelly about a brilliant idea, but still making uh, you know, uh, a dosa or idli for my family. Mm. So how can I stop myself? How can I say, okay, I'm going to draw the line. This is called work and life. Mm. It's simply not possible to separate it like that. No, no. Yeah. It's just so, I agree work. with you. I agree it's with you 100%. Work. I feel like as long as whatever it is you're doing, as long as you're giving it your all at that time, mm. that, that's, that's what matters most. You know, if you're with your family, just be with your family. Don't, don't be on the mobile phone. Don't be 
checking your work, just be with your family. And then when you're doing your work, just be completely and all into your work, you know, but don't try to say you're going to have balance between the two because then that just, that doesn't work. <laughs> I, I personally yeah, don't yeah. work. Just, you're making a joke of yourself if you take, uh, you know, sad steps. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's just, how does that even work? But it's a term that's become so synonymous with the culture of today and women and, oh, we must have work-life balance. But I feel like, especially for women who really enjoy what they do, for example, you know, and most women who are running their businesses will tell you they love what they do and they would do it even if they weren't getting paid. So how do you tell someone, oh, you need to have balance, stop doing what you're doing, you know, when... If that, if what they're doing is making them happy, then why should they stop for the sake of a balance? What does that mean? What does that mean? No, no, they shouldn't stop what they're doing. Yeah. Because I think balance is also a relative word. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like yeah. if you're, if you're really excited um, about meeting your family or being with your family, I think that's balance. Yeah. Or if you're excited about you know, jumping on with a lot of ideas and executing them, planning for them. And, you know, you're organizing an event and you're excited about meeting people. All of them happen at the same time, right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think there's anything that can be measured with a scale or, you know, to say, okay, it's going to be 50 and 50%. I don't think it ever happens like that. Yeah, I think it, it really only becomes problematic when you feel like you feel guilty or you feel drained or it's affecting your health <laughs> or, you know, your family's coming to you and saying, hello, we don't see you. You know, what are you doing? But um, you, you have to be the gauge of that and the individual has to decide because for one person, you know, just not, not spending a day with their family isn't a big deal. Whereas for somebody else, it is a very True. big deal. So, true, true. Exactly. The, yeah, the individual also has to gauge, well, okay, so this is what's important to me and this is what I'm going to do in my business that works for me. Whether that be after nine o'clock, I don't check emails or on weekends, I don't, you know, go on social media. You know, everybody's got to do what works for them. Yes, what works for them. Exactly. I think you have a point there. To create their harmony. Uh, because, yeah, harmony. yeah, correct. Yeah. So you can't give on a PowerPoint slide about what to do and what not to do. No. I think it's for each person to, you know, to tailor his choices according to his situations. Absolutely. I think that's a skill that we all need to develop. Yeah, I know with you, I can use myself as an example. I'm very, I used to be very, very obsessive compulsive when it comes to checking emails because I always uh -huh. felt like, <laughs> oh my God, there's an email there. I have to respond, you know? And I think a lot of people have that. They feel like, okay, before I go to bed at night, I have to answer all my emails. It's like something psychologically in your head just feels yes. better when you've checked all your emails but um i had to really pull myself away from that because it was mm -hmm. just constantly checking email constantly responding and i had to say to myself what what is this doing you know if i respond at five o'clock or if i respond at seven o'clock to someone that sent an email at two o'clock what is the real True. difference True. and i, I kind of had to decide well it's about responding to the email within 24 hours. And that works for me because I've, I've responded then as opposed yep. to as soon as I get an email, I respond because it was just making me neurotic. <laughs> See, you can look at, look at your inbox, yeah. but you can choose what to respond to. I think that's yeah. still in your hands. Yeah, definitely. Right? So, but yeah, so if many... it's something of high priority, then I think we will do it. Uh, but we will also decide how much time we are going to spend on that email. But when you're building a business, it's so easy to get caught up in those kinds of things. Constantly checking your email, constantly doing your social media, that you get so glued to these things that you, you forget the bigger picture of, of actually why you started your business and what you're trying to achieve. <laughs> Very true. Um, okay. Actually, I have an... Uh, uh, an, an outfit which is a consultant firm mm -hmm. uh, it's called oasis events and consultants mm -hmm. and uh, most of the things i do as a one-man army over there mm -hmm. and i just outsource to people or uh, you know whom i know from my network mm -hmm. uh, 
only things that I feel are essential. So I'm doing a lot of things all by myself. Mm. And I think that has taught me something about, uh, you know, uh, what to do right now and what not to do or how much time I should be giving to something or should I do it later? Right. So I think that's a good lesson I learned from my own experiences. Definitely, definitely. So tell us a little bit about the work you're doing day to day now, your day to day job. What exactly are you doing right now? Mm, okay. Um, actually, I have a training company which, uh-huh. where I do a lot of outbound trainings. Uh-huh. So I'm traveling a lot of times along with my corporate training assignments, which I do for other companies, right? Uh-huh. I, I th- go through vendors to all these big companies. Okay. Um, but I also take up a lot of projects on my own where I design and deliver the entire from start to end. So there's a lot of work that I have to do then. But if it's just a corporate delivery program, they give me the content and um, I devise my ways of delivering it. Right. Uh, And uh, I think this is the perk of being a freelancer. So you get to choose uh, how much you want to do and when you want to do or when you really want to take uh, a day or two off. Right. That's one thing. And apart from that, we also have a family business, which is about 75 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's a huge store. It's a one-stop shop uh, for a lot of things. Uh, We have uh, spices, dry fruits, and, uh, you know, uh, puja items, the traditional wear that we use for our cultural programs. Okay. And... uh, we also deal with a lot of these um, Ayurvedic raw material stuff. Mm. So I support my family business as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's one of the reasons why I work from 9am to 9pm. Right. 12 hour days, long days. Yes, yes, yes. But then I'm not doing the same thing across the 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Part of my morning uh, kind of goes into a bit of uh, interacting or checking my social media or uh, you know like probably researching for my content or putting things in uh, in you know in some kind of a package that I would like to deliver later and towards the afternoon I do a bit of lighter things like I read up and just take a little bit of time off and then uh, sometimes I do take a nap also if I'm at home that's if I'm not traveling Right. And yeah. So, and in the evenings, I attend to my business, my family business, mostly regularly. Right. And uh, apart from this, uh, like you must have read in my profile, I'm also a Toastmaster. Yes, yes, yes. So, you love public speaking? Yes, absolutely. I think the stage is my natural habitat. Good for you. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I think uh, my profession is actually very interesting because I travel on opium. You know what opium is? Yeah, I, yes, I think so. (laughs) Okay. Well, this opium is the OPM, which is other people's money. Okay. I'm thinking, yeah, I was thinking, uh, she can't possibly be talking about (laughs) OPM, but I, you know, I had to make sure. So I, I, I made the choice to, to, to stay quiet there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh-huh. Other people, so, yeah, of course. Yes. So when people, uh, you know, want you to be working for them, they get you to, they take you to different places and you plan things for them, conduct the events. Uh-huh. So I think it's quite exciting that way. Yeah. Um, well, I do not actually have a nine to five proper schedule or anything because mm. I'm not on the payroll of any company. Right. So across a week, I will be at least doing um, three different things. So I think there's a lot of variety in my life. I really love it that way. That's good. That's really, 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 really good. It has been so nice to to hear your perspective on on choices and decision-making. So you know our audience, you know who they are, female founders, Mm -hmm. 
early stage mm-hmm. female founders from developing economies. What parting words do you have for them? What would you like to leave with them with something to think about? Um, yeah, I think we pretty much discussed a lot of wonderful things yeah. about work life and things like that. Mm. Uh, but okay, when it's specifically about women yeah. and entrepreneurs, yes. I just want to tell them that please don't feel guilty of not having done something perfectly. Mm. Um, perfectly in the sense, right. It's okay. If you have not baked a perfect cake today, it's all right. Yeah. So don't feel too guilty about it. You can always Mm. bake a better cake tomorrow. Right. Mm. Yeah. So I think, um, I just want to tell people because that can stress you up a lot. So focus more on the intention and, uh, of behind what you're trying to do and not necessarily the outcome. Uh, yes, outcome will follow, but the intention and the effort that you put in, mm. I think matters a lot more. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, you, you, you have to put some effort into it and you have to work hard and see what actually happens. And at the end of the day, that's, that process and what you learn from that process, I think is so much more defining um, to, to us as individuals than whether or not we did it right or not. Uh, very true because from my perspective of life uh, I don't have very bang on deadlines like in a corporate Mm. um, right yeah so I don't have that kind of pressure I do the consulting and uh, I handhold people I mentor I coach I do all of that but I'm not pressurized by what you know the deadlines that I have to make so I think um I think it's all about the choices that I make. Choices. There you go. There goes choices again. So where can our audience find you? Would you like to give us your email address? Would you like to give us a website and tell us if there's anything you're looking for in particular, um, a collab to collaborate with or a project to work on or anything like that? Oh, sure. That's a very nice invitation. Um, People can mail me on uh, kavitha255 at gmail.com or they can get in touch with me on WhatsApp. Uh, My number is 95, sorry, 95138496605. And you're based in India, so they need to remove your country code, yeah? Yes, it's plus nine one, mm-hmm. and my ten digit number is nine five eight four nine six. I'm sorry. Why did I just forget my phone number? I, it happens to everybody. <laughs> it happens to everybody. You forget the most yeah, yeah, basic yeah. of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's yes nine five one three eight four nine six zero five. Right. Okay, so perfect, perfect. they can get in touch with me on my WhatsApp number. And uh, I'm pretty active on WhatsApp and uh, off late, I've realized how important it's to be on various social media. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm also sharing a couple of things on Instagram and I would like to build up my social media presence a little. Okay. Great. 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 Yeah. And if, if those, if, if those aren't successful, they can always email me and I can put them in contact with you as well. So that's always, yes, enough. that would be very nice. That would be very nice of you, Joe. Of course. And is there anything that you're looking for in particular? Any kind of client, someone to partner or collaborate with or some, you have a new, new project that you want to kick off or something that you need some help with? Um, yeah, actually I have a love for working with uh, children, mm. uh, adolescents. Okay. And uh, I have designed a couple of uh, programs for children and adolescents, which includes a lot of versatile things. I have been regularly conducting uh, summer camps also. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has got a very, very good response. And I have done repeat summer camps as well, Mm. uh, which is actually a variety of things put together, right from, uh, you know, 
cultivating the reading habit. I just want to bring back the childhood that we lived in without any gadgets or just about doing anything, right? Okay. Uh, probably when we were children, uh, we never knew the spelling of the word boredom. Mm. So constantly we were engaged and uh, engaged by ourselves. So we were not dependent on other people to make us happy. So I think this is one thing which one area which I really want to drive home with the young generation now. So I've designed a couple of programs for them. Okay. Uh, yeah. One is called uh, the VIP, which is called the Vocabulary Improvement Program. Okay. And uh, another one is called LEAF, L-E-A-F, which is Learning English as Fun. Okay. So English is only the context over there, but then there are a lot of different things that we do in those, uh, you know, one and a half hours. And I've also added uh, a component of um, the family board game, Scrabble. Oh, wow. And then, yes. And we also do a lot of public speaking and uh, presentation and playing a lot of other games and, uh, you know, exploring different facets of those children. So I think uh, I would like to collaborate with someone who'd be interested in that. Mm, sounds exciting, yeah. Okay, sounds really good. Well, before you go, Kavita, I just want to tell you it was a real pleasure to have you on. It was really, really, really refreshing to hear your perspective on choices and decision making, um, particularly around thing, you know, right and wrong. I, I really liked how you 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 kind of put it out there that you don't know it's wrong unless you do it. So it's less about right and wrong and more about um, alignment with your values and and thinking about the bigger picture and, and who you are and all of that and i think that's a very important message very important message so i want to thank you for all the incredible work that you're doing you do a lot so you are appreciated thank you very much thank you for sharing with us it'll be great to have you back on on the podcast again when you have some time and yeah, sure. uh, yeah, it's been really, really nice having you on and great listening to, to your perspective. Same from my end also, Joe. I really appreciate that you went out of your way mm. and, you know, accommodated my timing. So that's really nice of you. I thank you so much for having me on uh, Secret Birds HQ. It's exciting. Yeah. And I hope I've added some value to all the listeners. I just hope that... You know, people also start thinking uh, with a different perspective, take on life. And that's about it. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. And that's it, lovely rare birds. And um, yes, I definitely think that someone listening has learned something because there's always something to learn. And I think you gave us a lot to think about. So now we can all go away and kind of sit and reflect on, on, on this conversation. I know I will for sure. <laughs> so until next time. <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't uh, be reflecting. You should be catching up on sleep now. Oh, well, I'm going to sleep, but you never know. I might reflect <laughs> on my dreams. You know, I have these most bizarre dreams sometimes. Oh, awesome. So, you know, and you know, the dream is a, a subconscious mind. So let's see. Well, let's see yeah, what I dream yeah. about tonight. But no, thank you so, so much. And until next time, lovely everyone. Bye for now. Bye. Yeah, see you. Bye. Thank you so much. Good night. Bye-bye.